Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Working out to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. I'm Tom Nelson, Matt Nelson, running the board. That's Joey Pyburn, Rob Ensley coming at us from Southeast Alaska. Joel Martin, fishbaronoff.com. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. So, uh, so I always get a kick out of meeting somebody in the industry, you know, especially from you know from the East Coast, and ended up ending up fishing with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping is going to happen with our next guest. Welcome to Jeff Leach of Sirius XM, and we we may just talk you into uh, to doing a little salmon fishing and, and end up with a crab dinner this summer, Jeff. Huh? Wow, that'd be fantastic. I don't think you have to twist my arm very far for that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, I've, I've been so impressed with what Sirius XM has been doing, especially you know getting closer to some marine electronics manufacturers, and now you know being a Raymarine guy myself. Here comes fish mapping along with everything else that allows you to stay connected offshore. So what, at its heart, is fish mapping, and what will it help anglers do here in the Pacific Northwest? Jeff Leach of SiriusXM. Absolutely. Yeah, so fish mapping is a service that we provide through SiriusXM Marine, um, and it is satellite-based, eight dedicated fishing features uh, mostly for pelagic anglers, so offshore, really not meant for your inshore uh, anglers. Um, but we'll put you on the pelagic fish, really help you understand where the food source is for the bait, you know, the plankton and the chlorophyll, and where the sea surface temperature breaks are. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we have eight dedicated uh, features for our subscribers. And so we have such a diverse fishing set of opportunities here, Jeff. I, I see this coming into play obviously for our offshore tuna guys, but also for our, our, our salmon guys on the coast. Earlier in the show, we just went through our ocean salmon opportunity, and you know we've got a lot of ocean coastline here in, here in the state of Washington. So I, I look forward to seeing how this is going to work into our plan. But, but meanwhile, the other features that SiriusXM offers, I mean, I got caught on a lightning storm a couple years ago, and I wasn't aware that this lightning storm was going to start in the hills east of us in the Cascade Mountains and retrograde or veer out into, out into the bay. And so we were out in the water, heading home. Here comes this electrical storm, and I got alerted on my marine electronics before I even saw a lightning strike. Tell us a little bit about the weather info and the safety implications that that has for offshore anglers. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Tom, uh, because I failed to mention that fish mapping really is what we call a quote-unquote superset. Um, and really what SiriusXM Marine has been offering for years and years and years is um, SiriusXM Weather. Uh, and Weather offers a whole host of weather features, probably 20 different weather features, primarily uh, weather radar. Again, this is broadcast via satellite directly to your chart plotter, at your helm, you're not looking at a tiny, you know, uh, smartphone, uh, and it's not contingent on cell service. So it's satellite-based. 
But what you're referring to is um, marine warnings, one of the 20 weather or so weather features. Uh, and on your screen, directly on your Raymarine or Garmin or Furuno or Navico brand um, MFD, it literally, if there's a NOAA broadcast in your area, it'll pop up on your screen and start flashing. You may be completely unsituationally aware of what's going on around you, especially for East Coast anglers, like the guys on the Florida East Coast. These little storms, especially in the summer, uh, storm cells pop up all the time, and it'll literally just start flashing right in front of your face. You click on it, and it tells you exactly what's happening, usually a summer squall or a lightning storm or you know, small craft advisory or something along those lines. So you're completely in the loop, and it has saved me already. Uh, and I live on the Chesapeake on the East Coast. Um, so I'm not even going offshore, and it has already alerted me as I'm out to get my butt back to the dock uh, ASAP. So, um, so yeah, that's that's my uh, warnings. So my, my my partner Rob Ensley is coming at us remotely from from Craig, Alaska, where there, let's just say, cell coverage is is kind of a concept for in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Robbo, once you get offshore, that's it. Satellite oh, is the yeah. only game in town. Yeah, and and I've used uh, serious weather for years and years, and, and and the thing that I use the most uh, are the wind bars. So I can overlay the wind data right on my chart. And there's mornings. I mean, we wake up in the morning and it's puffing good. You know, it'll be blowing hard, and we've got to figure out, man, where do we go hide today? And and we'll take the NOAA, we'll take the marine forecast, we'll take the other data from some of our apps, and then we always look at our at our plotter pull up that serious weather overlay and, and 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 it's cool because it lays right on top of your chart and you can look at those wind angles and and see how they hit those islands and go okay yeah we can hide right here in this little bay and we can shoot out and, and find some protection for our guests and it's something that we've used for years and and uh that's on my list this week to get my serious weather turned on uh on my boat because we we rely pretty heavily heavily on that here in the summer the one thing i'm excited about that i want to talk to you about jeff is this new feature, Sea Surface Height Anomaly. And, and, and Tom mentioned it earlier in the show just briefly, but it tracks the upwellings and the downwellings offshore. And it is crazy how you guys can do that. I, I mean, with the satellite imagery, you can tell within inches how, how high the ocean is or, or what the height of the ocean is and tell where those upwellings are coming up. Uh, it's got to be just lethal for the tuna guys, Jeff, um, using that information. Yeah, so let me backtrack just a minute, Rob, because you raised a really good point, and I'll get into sea surface height anomaly here in just a minute because um, <clears throat> it is a really cool feature uh, and kind of hard to grasp. So I'll give you a, a, a little overview on it. But first and foremost, talking about wind barbs, yeah, that is yet another feature, and I'm glad you used that. Um, and if you take, we also have wave height, wave yep. period, and wave direction, yep. a separate yep. feature. But if you overlay those simultaneously on the same you know, plot or same, same chart, you can see, in essence, if the wind uh, and the waves are opposing each other, whether they're going together. And, of course, if you have wind going one direction, waves going in the other direction, and you can tell the period between waves, that's from one crest to the next crest, um, if they're opposing each other, you can pretty much bet you're going to have some tumultuous seas out there, maybe some um, white caps and other things. So it's, it's layering of those de- data features, um, and there's just so much to learn about all of that. By the way, if any, uh, anybody who's listening to this wants to learn more about the specific features, because not, they're not all immediately intuitive, 
We have a whole suite of marine webinars coming up that are literally just starting right now. Uh, and you can go to SiriusXM.com forward slash marine webinars, uh, and we will walk you through those. We'll record all those. We'll send them out. We'll post them on our websites, et cetera. But, um, so anyway, there's a little plug for uh, those two features, getting back to sea surface height anomaly. Yeah, so the ocean, uh, obviously we had sea level, right? And so the ocean is constantly in dynamic state of flux. So in areas it's rising, in other areas it's falling, um, and that's your sea surface height anomaly. Um, and so what happens when it rises and or falls, it creates upwellings and downwellings. What goes along with those upwellings and downwellings uh, are eddies. So they create clockwise or counterclockwise rotating kind of currents or eddies, if you will. And if you find a dynamic upwelling and a downwelling immediately adjacent to each other, the area in between is your money spot for fish because it, it creates these vertical current uh, columns. And by the way, I'm not an oceanographer, not a PhD scientist. Uh, we have an entire team of PhD scientists that do all this data analysis for us and have educated us extensively um, on these features. But the area in between is called what we call a, a quote-unquote convergence zone. And a convergence zone is that place that the vertical upwellings of currents uh, get trapped or get caught, um, and, and they catch ended up catching nutrients, and bait fish are attracted to that area. And obviously, if bait fish are in that area, you get pelagics uh, that are hunting them in that area. So sea surface height anomaly is a hard-to-kind-of-grasp grasp feature, but a really cool one, and I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. Hopefully that wasn't too long-winded of uh, explanation. No, I'm I'm glad you brought it up, Jeff, because you know, and 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 Rob started the topic because it's stuff like this that you can't read on the surface as you're running your boat. You would not be aware of these areas were it not for this, the information available on fish mapping, and that's why I'm excited now through the through the Lighthouse Four operating system upgrade in Raymarine that it's going to be available for us because Joey we're going to be tearing into this this summer this is not something that we've had available to us and we we love to learn yeah and we never stop well, learning well and it also you know the weather stuff allows you to get more days on the water because if you can like Rob said if yep. you can find those spots on those days where maybe you wouldn't go out right but maybe you find a little break out there you have these little tucked away spots you can get out of the weather and get out of the wind it allows more days on the water and it's another tool in your box. That's absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely another tool in your box. So, well, not to mention all the tunes. You got four hundred channels of freaking tunes, man. I mean, geez. Oh, there. Wait, there's more than there's, just yacht rock. No, I mean, no. There's only two. There's I Tom Petty. Serious. No, I remember when Serious first came out. You know, we run offshore here and we're gone. I mean, yeah. you might as well be on Mars. Right. Once you leave cell coverage here, and Serious came out. And there was one store on Prince Wells Island that carried it, and it was like an hour and a half north. We had to drive on all these dirt roads to get there. <laughs> and we packed up. There was like four of us that jumped in a truck one day after fishing, and we drove up to this little store. All it was was a store and a post office that even made it a town. And by golly, they had four of these units, and we put boom boxes in our boats <laughs> and strapped them up to the serious little antenna. And by golly, we had tunes. We had tunes offshore. It was like this, this revelation. It was the greatest thing ever. Uh, well, the funny thing is, too, if you're like me, I, I don't have a huge download list, you know, that I no. can access on my smartphone. So it no. gets old real fast. When you lose terrestrial radio 
and, and, yeah. and none of us are carrying CDs anymore or, or tapes, right? So that's all old school. So yeah, your, your music uh, choices are really limited when you leave uh, cell signal or terrestrial radio signal. I just have two. Oh, I just yeah. have two serious stations on my boat. Yeah, it's I know. Yacht Rock Radio or Tom Petty. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> no, there's there's hundreds available. Yeah. So so serious marine inland starts at fourteen bucks a month. It is a safety tool, and I'm telling you, you need to take advantage of it on your boat. Jeff Leach, you let me know when you're heading out this way, buddy. I, I hope you can make it out uh, sometime in July, where we have uh, you know our, our our Chinook and our crab opportunity coinciding and. Uh, We'll sit at the beach and listen to some Sirius XM and grind on some crab, man. Uh, that would be fantastic. Hey, just as a resource for anybody out there who wants an education further, because admittedly, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself a Luddite, but I am not the most tech-savvy, intuitive guy in the world. And our service, frankly, is not super intuitive. Obviously, yeah. weather radar is really easy, but but for detailed how-to videos, little snippets on YouTube, um, I would direct your customers to SiriusXM.com forward slash Marine Library. And you can literally click on whatever kind of chart plotter you have. There's four tabs for the various manufacturers. Click on your manufacturer's tab. You'll have a whole suite of little how-to videos and full-fledged webinars, if you so choose, to give you more of an education. We don't want people getting the service and being frustrated because they don't know even what they're using. Um, so, so check them out. It's uh, I think it's worth the time and effort. And that's a great point. And also, Jeff, this Thursday, specifically for Raymarine users, Thursday, April twenty first at three p.m. three p.m. Pacific. There's Raymarine users to understand fish mapping service on your display. It's it's a dedicated for Raymarine, but anybody that's interested in fish mapping will definitely get something out of here. Again, that's Thursday, April twenty first. Go check it out. SiriusXM.com. He's Jeff Leach. Jeff, thank you for your time, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed award winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Puget Sound is set to open for recreational spot shrimp fishing on May 25th. WDFW pushed the season. Wednesday, May 25th, for the chance at better tides and weather. They also are hopeful the midweek. Keep the catch from exceeding recreational quotas. Spot shrimp limit is 80 per person. And this year, for the first time, shrimpers can discard the heads before returning to shore. As always, read the regulations to see what times and dates each marine area is open for shrimping. Washington salmon season tentatively set for 22-23. Set against a backdrop of increasing hatchery Chinook, Coho, and the perennial wild stocks of concern, WDFW and the Tribal Co-Managers were able to craft summer salmon seasons that are similar to last year with some significant exceptions. Following unprecedented public involvement in the North Falcon salmon season setting process, WDFW is forced to reverse course and provide meaningful July Chinook opportunities in both the San Juan Islands and Admiralty Inlet Marine Areas 7 and 9, respectively. Chinook and North Sound will open July 14th under a three-day-a-week schedule, which will provide WDFW the opportunity to more accurately manage hatchery Chinook harvest. Buoy 10 also took a hit during due to depressed numbers of lower Columbia wild Chinook, known as Thule's. To reduce wild impacts, Buoy 10 will be selective from August 1st through the 21st. If you missed our rundown of local salmon season in the first hour, hit the podcast at theoutdoorline.com. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife has been busy planting thousands of rainbow trout in lakes across the state in preparation for the Lowland Lake opener next weekend. It's the single largest opener in the state, and as many as 300,000 anglers will hit the openers in some years. Anglers are reminded to purchase their new 2022 licenses 
as with the month of April came the new licensing year. Turkey hunting season opened yesterday and the season runs from April 15th through the end of May and most of the harvest occurs on the east side of the state. The northeast corner of the state is where the most birds are harvested in Washington with 68% of the harvest occurring there. Another 10% of the turkeys in Washington are harvested in the southeast corner of the state followed by Okanagan County in north central Washington. Slam some razor clams starting today. Another round of razor clam digs starts today on the Washington coast. Digging started with today and runs through Thursday, April 21st. The low tide this morning is at 7.02 a.m. The limit on this series of digs has been bumped back up to 20 razor clams per person. Digging usually starts about two hours before that low tide. As always, check the regs to see which beasts are open each day of the dig. The next tentative round of digs is set for April 29th through May 7th. Washington's wolf population continued to grow in 2021. The population showed a 16% increase in growth from the previous count in 2020. It's the 13th consecutive year of growth for the wolf population in Washington since the first wolf survey in 2008. WDFW estimates there are now 206 wolves in the state in 33 different packs, which is up from 178 wolves in 29 packs in 2021. Be sure to join Joe Pyburn and Tom Nelson at Harbor Marine and Everett the evening, April 26th, to get ready for the Maid Ling and Prawn seasons. The Outdoor Line crew will be on hand at 5 p.m. in store for shopping assistance, rigging, and personal tech tips. Nelly kicks off the seminars at 6 p.m. with a shrimping power. But he's merely the warm-up act for Joe Pyburn's never-before-seen <laughs> Sound and Straits Lincoln presentation. Come join us for door prizes, special deals, and even a Cannon Downrigger grand prize at the end of the evening. See you Tuesday, April 26th at harbormarine.net at the Port of Everett. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at leschwab.com. And that's what nice happened. assist, well, Nelly. When, I when, love it. When Robbo just blew was up, was I cutting he, out or something? He, he had to say something nice about us, and so he just hung up on us. That's, yeah. that's just that, and, and it wasn't even that nice. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, you blanked out. It's, it's the joy. Oh, I was the joy. Yeah, I can hear you guys loud and clear, but uh, yeah, we might. Russia's not too far away from here. They may be interfering <laughs> with the. Uh, they don't. The, the they, broadcast. They don't want I'm us. Sure, they really care. No, they, they care. This is of utmost do. concern. <laughs> they to don't. Russians. They, they yes. don't want us catching ling cod and shrimp. No, of course not. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Putin jammed your signal, dude. That's uh, For sure. Yeah. Either that or Sarah Palin, who can see Russia from her house. Um, so the way we fish for lings down here, uh, in, in Puget Sound, it's different in the sound than it is on the coast. The coast is kind of more what we see up in your neck of the woods, Joel Martin, of fishbaronoff.com. A little more rocky structure, um, a little, you know, a little slopey, pinnacles, all that kind of stuff. When the good, when God made Sitka, he made ling habitat it's it's just amazing how much ling drastic park it is it is yeah it's insane so when why do you guys send your customers out to target lings Uh, tell them to go work the structure yeah halfway down the shelf usually and are they they using jigs swim baits bait yeah most of the guys will use a 16 ounce lead head or something of that nature with a scampi on it um and a chunk of bait for Mm -hmm. scent um Lingcott are not too picky. <laughs> what, what 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 are the um, size limits this year up there? Do you know, I believe it's, last year it was thirty to forty inches. Yep, and I believe they're adopting that for this year. Also, that's that's what I've seen. And as well. one over fifty-five inches. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> thirty to forty-inch fish is a beautiful. Beautiful. Fish. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. think the thirty to thirty-five is a better table fare than the forty-inch fish, but the 
they're it gives the clients an opportunity to catch that nice fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lengths. trophy lingcod. Yeah, I mean, and they're just such cool fish. Oh, they are, dude, and they're yummy. Uh-huh. Those Bravo. I got to hand it to you, dude. I've been wearing that Asian fish oh, packet that recipe fish packet out. Deal. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So we, we came down Springer. Oh. We, we went down Springer Fish, and we still had some of that ling fresh from, from Nia Bay. And, uh, and Joey just, you know, he had all the rice all set up and everything and just slammed that stuff together. And people tore into that stuff and stopped talking. It, I mean, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, oh, it's a showstopper. It is. It I is. just posted that that other one we do too, where we sear the link cod in olive oil with salt and pepper, sear it really hot, and then put that lemon butter garlic sauce over the top with some capers in it. it it's completely ridiculous. Uh, that's another one that you need to try. Um, it's so good. It's one of our favorites, and we're all fired up to go out and get our first link cod of the season just so we can come oh, home yeah, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. do that with it. So I, it's on my Instagram page and Facebook as well, and it, it's a winner. A total winner. So, all right, tell me the truth, Joey. Did you freeze any of that Springer? I did. I did too. I had to. I felt, yeah, I felt I bad could, about myself. I couldn't eat it all. Yeah, I only yeah. kept. I think I kept six pieces, yeah. um, and I have two left. <laughs> I, I ate. It, I, I mean, got, I, ate I ate it every day I could I until I was like, okay, I gotta. I probably need to put <laughs> Kathy the says, last two in the freezer. Kathy told me to stop, but she's she's out of town. She gets home tomorrow. Guess what she's getting for dinner? Springer, because I can't leave it in the freezer. Can't well, I I like it when my wife and her mother in law say <laughs> stop, and I'm like, good. That's yeah, now more, you get no more. more about that? That's more for me. It's more for me. All right. Speaking of more for me, uh, the ocean got more Chinook, or excuse me, and Coho this year. The big story's Coho, um, but you know Dave Johnson's the perfect guy to come on and tell us about his activities in the Pacific Fisheries Management Council meet, meetings that recently concluded, and talk to us a little bit about opening day trout, which is next Saturday. Dave Johnson, Kit Sat Marina, joining us next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 Seattle Sports Station and the Seattle Sports app, the outdoor line. That's Joey Pyburn, Joel Martin, FishBaronoff.com in studio with us today. Rob Ensley coming at us remotely from Craig, Alaska. And on the phone, I tell you what, this guy... If you are an ocean salmon angler, you should buy this guy a cup of coffee and or a beer because he sits in the Pacific Marine Fisheries Management Council meetings and fights for our opportunity. His name's Dave Johnson, kitsapmarina.com. Good morning, Mr. Johnson. Good morning, morning guys. Morning, How's buddy. everything going? Good. Morning, cool. Joey. Going great. Uh, some good news and bad news on the salmon season front. Maybe we'll dive into some of that salmon stuff first before we get to some trout tactics. I know, you, of course, you've been out this week catching trout, as always. But um, let's cover some of the salmon stuff. Maybe start on the coast and uh, and wrap around. We'll end up in Puget Sound, man. Take it, take it from there, Dave. So out on the ocean, I got area three and four opening up June 18th. Two fish. Um, pretty excited up in area three. Um, got the bubble back. Unfortunately, it's only for four days this year in October, 5th through the 8th. Um, you know, that used to be a pretty big deal up there with festivals and big derby and everything. So um, the tribe's excited to have it back. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes this year and hopefully grow it more next year. And then, unfortunately, due to the Thule's, uh couldn't open up Westport until July 2nd. We had to get out of the June time stamp. Um, there's some issues with the Fram modeling. Um, I don't want to bore everybody. If anybody ever wants to know, about it, they can always call me or come into the store and we can talk about it. And then area one, Iwaka will open up uh, June 25th. Uh, lots of coho coming in. 
Um, so should be some great opportunities in all four areas this year are open, and I'm excited about this, seven days a week. So the working class guys and families can get out and fish on the weekends. Yeah, it's super important to have those opportunities and have them seven days a week because anytime you chop out a weekend day, especially on the coast, man, you're, you're doing you're, you're doing the rank and file guy who wants to get his kids out over the weekend a tremendous disservice. So we're, we've got twice the coho quota to work with, and one of the things that that fires me up about is not only the just a direct harvest on those, but Dave, how many seasons have we seen achievement of the coho quota chop off our chinook opportunity so we never get a chance to catch our kings? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I'm really excited um, that hopefully, you know, the run comes in as forecast and we'll be able to keep it open and, you know, everybody will have access to them Chinook, you know. I'm a Chinook snob, I admit it, and (laughs) I am so looking forward to hitting the ocean on June 18th. It's not even funny. Yeah, buddy. And then look, looking at the straight, Dave, how are we looking in in the uh, in the straight Marine Area Five, and then wrapping around the corner. So Marine Area Five, unfortunately, due to the the Fram model again, um, lost about 400 fish in their quota from last year. It opens up July 1st. Um, same with Area Six, and then everybody knows about seven and nine. I'm not going to go into that. No, we covered that um, in in depth. <laughs> I figured that area 10, you know, opens June 16th for two weeks for coho. Actually, and then opens up July 14th. Yes, sir. For Chinook. Yep. And I'm really excited for area 11. It opens up June 1st through the 30th. Um, should be very, very good season down there. Being able to fish in June, we catch usually quite a few fish. You know, and there might be some in-season changes in all these different areas. Um, you know, in-season to extend the season so everybody's got opportunity to catch all the coho that are coming into Puget Sound. And the, and the forecast for coho coming into the sound is, is it's not the two X multiplier that, that we're seeing in the ocean from a, from a, from a quota standpoint, but still it's, it's significant. It's significantly up hatchery coho numbers are back up to, you know, closer to where they should be. The thing that's really got me fired up, Dave, if, if you look at the experience that, that we had this year, Joey, in, in, in CQ, and then just getting back from the Columbia River, we are seeing Chinook that have put on the feed bag. What's your inkling with regard to the oceanic conditions that are, that are, pro- that are providing the, you know, the, the poundage on these fish? What do you expect to see this year from an individual size standpoint on not only our Chinook but our coho as well? Well, if you're, I'm sure you've seen it. I've got friends down in the San Francisco Bay area and the Chinook that they've been catching down there are just pigs this year. <laughs> um, big, fat, silver, white bellies, nice sized fish. Uh, talked to a buddy of mine the other day. They limited out his charter boat in about four hours and they had some fish pushing 30 pounds. Ooh. So he says it is just phenomenal and they're just great looking fish and really, really fat and oily and so yeah, excited. Shoot, what if what if I catch two thirty pounders and I'm done? You'd be done. Met your quota for the year. Shoot. <laughs> now, Dave, you've been out trout fishing, man. We were talking yesterday and cracking up about some of the trout stuff. You were just out the other day on a local yeah. lake roping some trout. Uh, we're a week away from the opener, man. What do you think this cold weather is going to do to the trout? Is it going to affect the opener at all? Next weekend? Well, um, I was looking at the at the weather forecast, and actually next Friday and Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. does not look too bad. It's, you know, highs of 55 to 57, lows about 40. Um, 
you know, you and I were talking, a lot of these lakes that I've been fishing have just gotten stocked lately. My biggest suggestion to people is get rid of the pop gear and have fun with these little trout. Amen. Um, had a guy out a couple weeks ago, and he was trolling around with pop gear with his son, and I'm out there roping doubles left and right, and I asked mm-hmm. him if it was okay if I came over and gave him a spoon. He tied a spoon on his kid's rod, pat, casted it out there, and the kid caught two fish in about five minutes and made my week. <laughs> but I'm seeing lots of people out there with pop gear and heavy gear, and those fish are on yeah. the top. And they're biting really small lures, and gosh, as soon as you cast out, sometimes the spoon hits the water, and there's a fish jumping with a spoon in its mouth, and it's just been a lot of fun with these little trout. Dave, is it any, talk, any, truth, any truth to the rumor that the, the angler you encountered was actually John Kaiser fishing pop gear on a meat rod? Was that, <laughs> was that the, that's what I heard. I, no. You know, no. Okay. It, it wasn't John and Uncle Jerry. Okay, good. All right, thanks. Glad to clear that up. <laughs> And so folks can can kind of get out and get some of those things this week. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we with this COVID thing, there's a lot of new anglers. I hope we get to keep them in the system for years to come. And get out there like it used to be with families and the boat launch being long-lined. And it just used to be a lot of fun when my son was young and going to the, to the lakes. In the last few years, it just hasn't been like that. But last year was a little bit busier on opening day. And I really hope people get out there and enjoy it because the state really has done a great job with the trout planting and keeping all these lakes going and putting some of these jumbo trouts in these lakes. And it's just a lot of fun for the families to get outdoors and breathe some fresh air and get rid of the mask. Yeah, it's nice too because you don't have to have a boat. You can fish offshore. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. Power bait. It's like the easiest way to catch some of these trout and you can – you can fish from the shore and, you know, go out and catch your limited trout and rainbow, go home and... Rainbow cheat code. Ro- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty nice opportunity. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, it's and, a good uh, gateway drug. It, it is. No kidding. Get what do you, those kids hooked. What do, you, what do you say, Joe? 1.2? million catchable, catchable size, okay. you know, 10 to 12 inch trout. Um, Sorry, man, my dyslexia kicked in. 16.2 million total trout, and wow. a lot of you know, there's a lot of fingerlings in there too. But and then a hundred over 140,000 jumbos out That's there. Just, and then they they yeah. also have the the trout derby going on. Um, tons of prizes. Yep. Thirty seven thousand yep. dollars in prizes, and and uh, yeah, you catch one of those tag trout. Uh, call the number and go pick up your prize. Dave Johnson, KitsatMarina.com, yeah. joining us this morning. Dave. Uh, are, once uh, once the salmon regs come out, time's getting shorter. What's uh, what's the traffic like in Kitsap Marina right now, buddy? We are slammed with service business right now. Um, been getting a few smaller motors in. Um, just became a new caravan trailer dealer, so just placed an order for a whole bunch of trailers, and they promised me they're going to be able to get me some soon. So that's a really, really good deal for a lot of customers that have been waiting for trailers. Um, pretty excited. To finally get start getting some inventory in, it's been a tough one. Well, on both the parts and the engine side, did both, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, but the I, shop's busy, service shop's busy, isn't it, Dave? You guys are cranking in there. Yes, we're out four or five weeks, you know. So yeah. hopefully, yeah. we can get everybody out by shrimping season since they delayed it a couple of weeks, and you know, get everybody out on the water so they can go enjoy it. So, going rolling back to the whole PFMC meetings that you just rolled out of this year, mm-hmm. I mean, what? 
what what was the what was the the mood in the room? Was it did it seem things are like more cooperative? I mean, on a, on a positive note, due to the coho numbers and of course the Queets coho finally kicking back a little bit. I mean, I mean overall, what's what was the feeling in the room moving forward and looking at the future too? This year was really really good, and I I got to give a shout out to the WDFW staff, Kyle Addicts, and all those guys that did this ten year management plan with the Chinook. Um, the co-managers, uh, everybody was happy and a good mood. We, we've got some stability and a direction to go. Um, and those guys working that out over the last eight months or so, you know, kudos, my hat's off to them. It really changed. There, like I said, there was a few hiccups in the new model that they ran this year. And we had to cut back on the toolies for the ocean and both buoy 10. Um, that, that's our constraining stock this year instead of the Queets Coho. So, you know, hopefully we can get that thing worked out with some hatchery production, both in you in uh, Washington and Canada or uh, in Oregon. Canada, yeah. Oregon and start getting some fish produced. I'm okay if Canada so starts producing fish too. If, if, if Canada starts clipping fish and producing more fish, I'm okay with that too, Dave. It, I'm okay with everybody. Yeah, yeah, fish. <laughs> the more no, the- we, we, we need more fish. There's more people and, you know, we just need to, to help the wild fish out with dilution, and you can get a lot more fish coming back, in my mind, if you have dilution and a lot more hatchery fish to keep those wild fish protected from all these predators we got problems with. Exactly. And, and now with your, you mentioned the 10-year plan, and that's going to allow us to make, to get our own permit because I, I do – WDFW is challenged because it has been like a North of Falcon process that never ends with a series of one-year permits. So maybe now – we can go back to a section four, which is which is going to be a five you know a five year plan. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that too, Dave. Thanks for all you do, buddy. If you want to check in, check out with Dave today, go go uh, log on to kitsatmarina.com or stop by the store, 1595 Bay Street in Port Orchard. Dave, thank you very much for your time, buddy, and uh, we'll we'll see you on the water. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a reservation, get us on out there to that Lapush bubble, buddy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the bubble. All right, my, all right, my brother. Thanks, Dave. All right, have a thanks, great Dave. rest of the weekend, man. Have a great one. Good luck, right. Robbo. See you, buddy. Thank you. All right, coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week, the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs, really? Where? And it's next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back from the island of Sinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? Hey man, can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? Time for you to step up to the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point, the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest. You're going to find a complete lineup of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tow haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more. Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. All right, Rob. Halibut opener, halibut opener in the sound right now. Just uh, got a text from Ryan Haynes up at the Shrimp Shack. He was just going over a Deception Pass bridge, said it's flat, calm in the straight, and Cornet Bay launch is packed with folks up there mm-hmm. uh, hitting the eastern straight. Uh, also talked to Bob Anspa out at uh, Swain's in Port Angeles yesterday. There's a, there's a few halibut being caught out of Port Angeles, uh, mostly anchoring up. 
Um, but guys are drifting a little bit too and getting them. He said they have a little bit of, of some of the larger halibut bait left at the shop, uh, but you better get in and get it right now because it's running out fairly quickly um, out there at Swain's. But that's what's going on uh, on the halibut front. It's a three-day-a-week season, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and then on Memorial Day weekend, it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, in the Eastern Strait. Uh, of course, we've been talking trout opener. That's next Saturday. That's a week away, and uh, folks better be getting your, your gear ready for that opener. Uh, get the electric trolling motor set up and make sure it's running good. Get the batteries charged and all the, all the rods rigged up and all that stuff. And then uh, we just had a turkey opener yesterday also. Um, most of the stuff, we mentioned this earlier in the show, most of the stuff that we saw about it were guys hunting in snow which I don't think I can ever recall an op- a turkey opener in the snow, bright and sunny and, and all that stuff. But gosh, Austin Mosier sent a picture. I mean, there was like three, four inches of snow on the ground, Joe. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I, looking at the forecast for the next week or so, like over in that northeast uh, part of the country, ugh, cold nights, mm-hmm. kind of similar to what we're having right now. Um, but listen, it's it's mating season for those turkeys, so they got business to get done, and that's that's what allows us to to get these turkeys in the springtime. Is you know it's like the elk rut; uh, it's time to time to do some breeding, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna do it whether it's cold or not. So you just got to be out there in the woods, and um, like I said, find find that roost. That's the key to the turkey: is find their roost in the evening. They make a lot of noise when they're going to their roost. And, uh, and then get in there in the morning in the dark, set up close to that roost. And when those birds jump down, you got to be the first uh, sexy long, young lady they hear, and uh, they'll come a-running. <laughs> Talking dirty to uh-huh. the turkeys, absolutely. All right, Robbo, you're, this is your first uh, remote outing from Craig this year. Now that you're up in Alaska, Joel's leaving to, uh, for Sitka on Monday. What did you forget so you can remind Joel what he needs to pick up on, on, on a way north? Oh, gosh, everything. We're finding all <laughs> kinds of stuff. You know, um, no, we're doing good here. And, and uh, Joel, I'm sure you'll you'll realize over the course of summer, gosh, I forgot this, I forgot that. And of course, with the supply chain issues, um, boy, you better stock up early or you should have been doing it a long time ago. And I know you've been doing that all winter, Joel, just stocking up ahead of time and, and uh, getting geared up. One question I wanted to ask you, Joel, you know, a lot of folks are interested in moving to Alaska or just just moving away um, from the Northwest, what, you know, what advice can you give them and, and how did you end up in Alaska? I mean, where are you from and, and how did you end up up here, man? Well, I moved there in 1980. Uh, my mm-hmm. dad was in the Forest Service and uh, I've been there pretty much ever since. I spent a few years down in Oregon and Washington mm-hmm. as I got older, but I've pretty much been there my whole life. Um, I tell everybody that wanting to come to Alaska to move there to go to Texas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sound advice, absolutely uh, sound advice. You know, it, it's uh, most people that move up there are doing it for a reason: the love of the outdoors and the yeah. weather change and uh, the crazy busy life up here that we have. You know that things mm-hmm. definitely go in slow motion in Craig and in oh, Alaska yeah. in general, um, yeah. except for in the summertime. Um, but, yeah, you got to uh, get it done in the summertime. It's it's hammer time in the summertime. And one thing I want to mention to folks, if you are interested in coming up here, boy, and you want a job, boy, there's they're looking for employees here in Craig, and I, I guarantee Sitka is too. Oh. Um, boy, they need they... – There we go. Yeah, they're, 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 we, fact, Rob and I kind of talked about it yesterday, and it's like, man, if you're a young guy yeah. and you want, oh, a, you want a career and you want to go to Alaska, you love to hunt and fish, 
hey, opportunity is right yeah. now, man. Yeah. You can get yeah. a great job, good paying, and it used to be the other way. It was yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you had to beg to get a job and in, up there on the boat or in a charter yeah. lodge or deckhand or whatever you have. And it's yeah. uh, now it's the opposite. You can't find anybody. Um, so if anybody's looking for work. Yeah, uh, Rob can put you to work cleaning toilets. And, um, <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. scrubbing yeah. the boat. Wow, that's they're, they're, that's my job, Joel. We, so we're, we're, we're gonna have to talk that, to you yeah. a little bit about your recruiting skills. Okay? <laughs> yeah. All right, is that yeah. not gonna? Yeah, not gonna go to no. There's the a loop. lot of job opportunities for yeah. everybody. All right, well, fair enough, man. Thanks for coming in. I, I you know, every for having me every, every time that you know I see you here in town, and I know it's pretty soon, right? And and uh, you know all I. No, nothing happens by itself. You're the guy behind the scenes making sure that, you know, your trip to Sitka, Alaska is going to be what it is. If you want a self-guided opportunity, log on to fishbaronoff.com. Come up where uh, Joel and I are both going to be up there for, you know, the balance of May and the part of June and your your season. You you don't have any time much left in June available. Maybe July and August you got some availability for Yeah, I've got a couple of yeah. available days in June, but most of the time, most of it's going to be in July or August. Yeah, it's, it's, it's at a... It's something that's going to stick with you your whole life. It's an amazing Sitka and the whole, all of Southeast Alaska is just an amazing place. Robbo, you uh, you take care of yourself. Get back to work today and, and and keep in touch, buddy. Thank you guys. Yeah, I'll be calling you here in a little bit and, and uh, get my my scorecard for the remote here. So, yeah, thank you guys. Have a great rest of the weekend. Right, Later, Robbo. We wish you Later, well. Right. You wish you well. And Joel Martin, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks we sincerely appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, so, Joel. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. You missed any of the show? Jump on mynorthwest.com, log on to theoutdoorline.com, or download that Apple uh, podcast app. Uh, give Joey a follow, uh, follow on uh, social media at Joey Pyburn, at Rob Ensley, at fishbaronoff.com, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the Outdoor Line. For Matt Nelson, Joey Pyburn, Rob Ensley up in Alaska, Joel Martin at fishbaronoff.com. I'm Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line of 710 ESPN, Seattle.